Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Chronicles of an Introverted Black Woman. This is your host, Jeanette, and you are up to volume 18. Volume 18, yes. March Madness, the teacher edition. This is a special episode because I will have a Black educator segment where I'm going to be chopping it up with my homegirl, um, Jada, who is a science teacher in the Bronx. So you will look forward to that. And we're just going to talk about getting over that teacher burnout and making time for self-care, right? Self-care and educators need to be a thing, right? Especially after this March Madness. It's a whole year that has passed that, you know, teachers, teachers' life has changed. And we're going to talk about that in the Black Educator segment because as educators, we're always putting the needs of others before our own. So, you know, what do teachers do when we need to find time for ourselves? So we're going to talk about that where, you know, we're going to talk about our non-negotiables when it comes to our time as educators and just being ourselves. And don't forget to check out a special segment dedicated to my late grandfather, Anthony Brown, who was a proud member of the United States Marine Corps. So I'm excited about that. I'm going to also share a personal narrative that I wrote back in college for him. So stay tuned and thank you. Hello, welcome to the Black Educator segment. I am excited because I have my first guest for this segment. Usually I have guests on the Black Introvert Intellects, but I'm trying to spice some things up. You know, I want to hear from other um, Black educators and hear their points of view of just dealing with, you know, teaching in the middle of the pandemic, trying to find ways to have self-care routines. So I am here with a good person that I feel that's amazing because I follow her on Instagram. As you know, I always find my guests on Instagram. Um, but this is Jada. You want to say hi, Jada? Hi. <laughs> yes. So this is Jada. And Jada is a science teacher. And she teaches fifth grade. So God bless her. Um, and she teaches in a, um, a charter school. And the reason why I brought Jada here with me today is because she is all about the power of growth mindset. And if you don't follow her on Instagram by the end of this segment, you should be following her because she loves to empower um, educators and help us shift our mindsets, right? To prioritize ourselves because that's what this whole podcast is about, right? We need to put ourselves first and especially educators. Um, I know it's hard when you get like parents saying like, well, this is your job, you get paid to do this. And it's like, this is a totally different environment, right? We're not in the classroom, traditional classroom, like we're handling two different things. We're at home, we're taking care of our household and trying to teach. And I think a lot of parents are finding a hard time to understand that. And I'm a parent, I I get both sides of it. So I just feel like there's a lot of like trying to place the blame on whose job is it. But we're talking about self-care routines. Like what what do you do, Jada? First of all, introduce yourself and tell us a a little bit about yourself and (laughs) Like Girl, you, you listen, you gave me the great intro. I always try to. I gotta hype me, my people up. Right. So I'm like, Dad, can I ever top that? Talk about myself. But anyway, so hi, I'm Jada. Like she said before, I am a fifth grade science teacher. God bless me. Cause so, yes. um <laughs> I am also on Instagram. Like she said, I do focus a lot on both mindset and really prioritizing yourself first through self-care. Um, you can find me on Instagram. My name might change soon, but right now it's the Brown Fro Poet. Yeah, girl, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna talk about it. So talk about like what did, what made you go on this whole like you know growth mindset? Because I didn't really know about it. I will be totally honest with you until mm-hmm. I started to teach in my white school. And that is crazy. Like, and I keep telling people like, oh, like oh, you're a sellout for going to teaching at a white. I'm like. I learned so much mm. from teaching there, like self-care and the growth mindset. There's this book, it's a white cover. I don't, but it was something we had to read for our, from a PD. Mm-hmm. And it was all about growth mindset. So when did you start to learn about it? Especially being mm-hmm. the black community where it's like, what do you mean self-care? Right. You know, we don't got time for that. You need right. to go, you need to do. What do you mean self-care? You better self-care them. You know what I mean? Right, self-care them grace. <laughs> 
self-care that work like what you talking about work, 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 work. yeah and work, we work, work, work. Out of that mindset right so what no, do you do. How, what did you discover like the growth mindset and just trying to help other people see that as well so honestly to be honest i didn't learn until i was in my school either so i don't teach at a predominantly white school i do teach for a charter school but a lot of the practices that they have does come from white people and i don't mean to say that to say that black people people of color we don't do self-care it's just that white people have been doing it for a long time because they have the time to it's only now that we're prioritizing it for ourselves because we're starting to find time for ourselves so as i started in my charter school charter schools do get a bad rep so i don't want to make it seem like yes i know like i don't want to make it seem like my school's better but the school do work for luckily we do focus on self-care that's good health days um we get the kids mental health days on wednesdays we have half a day um sometimes we have wellness wednesdays was like we don't have any meetings or anything like that on a wednesday we are done at 12. what see that's yes. your administration no that's like, my administration yet. yeah <laughs> yeah that, i'm like wait a minute yeah i was like hold up what yeah, that's administration. That's good. It's all about administration. Good. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, that's another thing. That's all about administration. You better check. But anyway, so back to that. So my principal really, really focuses on self-care. Um, and just going in, like, especially my first year, I was just all about working, 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 proving my point, proving I'm the best teacher, giving my kids the best, doing this, doing that. Um, to the point, sometimes I'll be in the building, I'll get in at 640 and I wouldn't leave until like 640. I would be- That sounds like a new teacher. Right. Yeah. I'll be in the building for 12 hours. Doing what? Like, doing, doing what? what? Trying, just going crazy, overthinking. And then you look like, wait, what did I do? What did I, I go yep. with tired bags up in my yep. eye. What did I do? And still have work to do. Right. I still got, I got to still got to commute. So I got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. The time I get home is like eight. I got to shower so I don't stink. I got to eat so I don't <laughs> die. <laughs> like, yeah. it's so much. It's like My surviving. And yes. that's what a lot of teachers are saying where they're burnt yes. out, where people are like, well, you're home. Some people, teachers are remote, but it's like, it's different. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, so, yeah, thinking back to it. It would be like 10. I still would have lessons to do for the next day. Sometimes I wouldn't even sleep. Yeah. I'm, so run on coffee. Like I'm still, I still have my coffee right here. Like I literally run on coffee. So um, what do you do to cope with that? Mm-hmm. Because I think so, a lot of new teachers, mm-hmm. cause like you, this is your second year of yeah, teaching, but I'm sure you've learned a lot from your first year. Mm-hmm. Me teaching seven years, I've learned along the way some self-care tips. So like, what are yeah. something that you do? Like what's your non-negotiables? non-negotiable now since we since i really learned about burnout i said oh no so my non-negotiables i don't work after five i don't Mm -hmm. i don't work i don't lesson plan whatever is not done that's it that's it (laughs) i shower it's gonna sound weird i shower in the dark where candles are now that's weird (laughs) depending like is it lavender candles it's it's like what flavor is it it's agency salt (laughs) yeah no but honestly we all have something that we can't explain but it works for us and don't question it yeah it works let me tell y'all if if you're a little scared the thought you can have like a little light on but telling you it's a mood so that's not a questionable either um what else do i do i wake up very slowly like i i'm not rushing to get up i don't rush to get out the door i'm not doing that that's important can you can you explain why like mm-hmm. I, I would tell why? you my reason but why do mm-hmm. you do that like i do that because i used to rush to get up in the morning and i would neglect taking care of myself yep i've realized like i used to- got crust in your eyes <laughs> Walking out the door, like, look, I didn't even eat. I'm starving the whole day. Yeah, always and you, like, and you oh. ask yourself, Did I eat? I'm always like, Did I eat? Did I drink? And I'll always be like, I'm just not a morning person. I'm just like, I'm not a morning person. So that's why I'm rushing. I'm rushing. No, I was rushing because I'm trying to get to work. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not gonna lie, I really started during the pandemic when I was able to work from home. And I realized how much of a difference it is to slowly just get out of it. It is take your feet off take the covers off real slow like i know it sounds dramatic no but give your thanks give gratitude all of these all these things that we could be doing meditate for five minutes before you jump up right and then throw on yeah and you know living in new york city i don't think people get if you're not from new york or if you don't live in new york like 
the, me- the mentality that New Yorkers have, it's like on the go, on the go, on, on the go, go. And on the go, you're on not, the go. They're looking at you like something's wrong with you. Like, why are you walking slow? Why are no. you smiling? We gotta go to work. Like, <laughs> yo, what I told you, like I told you, right? When I told you I used to get to work for like six forty, so that means I'm leaving my house at like six. Yeah. Were like packed. No, I I used to do the most. I'm not gonna lie. When the trains were like packed, people are tired, people are falling asleep. Like when I tell you, people hustle. Some people are coming off from work at that time. When I tell you, like New York is such a, we have to hustle. Like yeah. you step outside, you're hustling. So I kind of took that mentality when I'm going to work. Like I gotta wake up, hustle, get out, and get ready for yeah. work. That's it. Now slow mornings, slow nights long showers I yes gratitude affirmations and I'm not just saying this to be like cliche like I actually do this no she does look at her Instagram like it does really a poet no I love it <laughs> no I love it I love it oh my gosh and like another thing that I've done for self-care this year too is so my school's open right now so they have like the hybrid in person remote I chose to stay remote. Oh, they let you choose? I got Hold to up. choose. Yeah, yeah, girl. Hold I got up. Let me give y'all a little tea. Contact your human resources. <laughs> Contact human resources. There's always, there's always a loophole around something. Always, because, mm-hmm. nah, that's, that, you got a choice. We wasn't. <laughs> nah, they don't tell you. Mm-mm. They don't tell you. That's another form of self-care. Listen, if you can work around the system while still doing your job, do it. <laughs> and I think we need to clarify the definition of self-care. Like people see, mm. oh, you're selfish. Or no, no. that is the last thing. The last Take thing. care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Because if you don't, what class are you teaching? Nobody's what, class. Whose kids is learning? When Nobody's kids. <laughs> and they notice it too. That's they not- do. Kids notice when you're off. So many times last year, they would. I'm not gonna. I'll say Miss B. I'm not gonna say my last name. Yeah. B. Miss B. What's going on? Why is your eyes looking like? And kids are very they too. Know. Your kids, Brooks kids. Oh, they tell you how it is. Like <laughs> they gonna tell you how it is. A raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, why you look crusty? Why you sound like that? What's going on? They know. Yeah, they know. No. Like mm-hmm. some days where I'm just like, I feel so bad. Because I'm like, I know I feel bad and I'm projecting it onto you. So now you're feeling my energy and now you're going to start to feel bad throughout the day. So it really starts off with you. Like you really have to tend to yourself, tend to your energy and make sure that you're good before you go outside the world. And I think a lot of people, like what you said, they don't take time for that. And if you're an educator, there's no way you can sit and educate depending Mm -hmm. on some classes go up to 32 kids. How are you taking time to 32... Some parents can't even have one kid and they sit there going crazy. Let's be honest. And then you have teachers teaching 32 kids and they're expected to just smile and be Miss Honey. You remember from Miss Mat- from Matilda? Yes. That's one. Yes. <laughs> like, girl, no, I'm only we were all like that. I'm but... right now. <laughs> no, but the 32 kids is real. Yeah. The of 32 last year. And it was for an hour and 30 minutes. Imagine 30 kids for an hour in 30 minutes the whole day yeah no it's a lot so if you if you're not sleeping if you're not taking yourself if you're not eating if you're not drinking water why you you're not gonna teach one you're gonna get tired and you're gonna get sick and that's the reason why i have to do self-care i was getting physically sick a lot because i wasn't taking care of myself it's already germsy being in the building kids i would be out often and then i'll feel guilty when i was out because i'm like who's teaching my kids right now Exactly. So ongoing cycle. Like you literally have to take care of yourself, especially as an educator. Yeah. And with, with that, I feel like you have to take time to get out of your head. Yes. And I say that every episode, Ooh. like the fact that we talk about growth mindset, but when you're sitting in your head and you're thinking about, oh, well, did Johnny do his work or did Johnny do like, and we always yes. take, especially if you're teaching in the Bronx. Yes. Some of those stories you see from the students, it's like, man, you've been through more than I've went in my 30 yeah. years of living. And yeah. how how can we separate our life from that? And it's like, now I'm it's seeing hard. teachers where they're like, you know what? I, like to the point where this pandemic has changed teachers. Yeah. Like teachers are turning cold because it's like, yes, yes. I'm just trying to survive. Yes, yes. A lot of teacher I, I've known, like at first very sympathetic, 
but then towards like especially like right now especially like a year into the pandemic sympathy is gone it's done the vibe themselves like it's a lot it's a lot and everyone is getting pressure and it's hard it's hard like you get pressure from the admin but it's like i was getting pressure from their boss yeah it's like yeah everyone's getting pressure from somewhere It's a lot. And that's the reason why we have to open up because they're getting pressure. I'm getting pressure from their boss. They're getting pressure from the parents. And it's like... And then, you know, the parents, at the end of the day, the, it seems like the parents are always in favor. Like, that's where... They want the schools to open. Yeah. They want the schools to open. And I get it. Like, yeah. every, that's another thing that comes back. Like, everyone has different learning. Not different learning. Sorry. Different living situations. Yeah. Kids are in shelters. And the only way for them to learn properly is... Yeah. In, some of their parents have to work. A lot of parents have to work and they're single parents. Who's going to watch their kid? So then you kind of start, the, and I started taking that on as well. Like what's going on with this kid? Yeah, and you start to worry about your students. Mm-hmm. When you're like, yep. I need to worry about my damn self. Yeah, girl. And I got lost in it. I'm over here calling parents. You're good. Yeah. Feed me. Yeah, you're calling, doing this. Now I'm and like, um, don't when? call me after four. <laughs> I love y'all, but please don't call me after four. And you, I like that you say that you put that time limit. And a lot mm-hmm. of teachers, especially my new teachers, like I think back to my first year and you want to do everything. You, you know, do. you want to be that Pinterest teacher. You want to be that Instagram teacher. It's not real. And you if know. it is, and if most of those teachers that are the Instagram teachers, I commend you, the Pinterest teachers, I commend right. you. Most of the time it's in those predominantly white neighborhoods. Let's talk. Go try that. to teach a TC <laughs> lesson in a, a in a school where kids can't even. Some kids don't even know how to hold a book because they don't have access to reading materials. And you want yes. me to go teach a TC lesson about some kid on a ranch? Yes, like, they don't know. You know, it's like, the <laughs> I feel like a lot needs to be done, and that's and why that's... I think even that for Black educators can be hard. Mm-hmm. Like, you're coming in as a Black teacher. And you want to educate your black students or yeah. even students, whatever color you are. Yeah. And then you hit, get this curriculum and you're like, it's like a slap in the face. It's like, I'm teaching this. Yep. And then you got to take time to refine it because you want to take time to refine it so you have representation for your kids. What? A whole now you got to go find a book that aligns yes. with the, the common core standards. Yes. And the, come on, the skill that you got to teach that day. Yes. <laughs> yes. Unless I want to go back to your other point. Yes. Thinking about like these Pinterest teachers once again, we commend you. Yes, I love it. Keep it, it up. In a school that, <laughs> that's a school that has like straight honors kids, completely different than kids. Most of my school is comprised of kids who have learning disabilities. Yeah, it's that you write on the board, and it's hard for them to even copy what's in front of them. Now take that on top of worrying about if they're going to pass their test, worrying about data. It is a lot. So. You're doing your best. If, especially new teachers, I have a new teacher in my second year, we are doing our best, right? Mm-hmm. But you have to take care of yourself. You have yeah. to take care of yourself. You can't keep going in there worrying about everyone else but you, because at the end of the day, you're going to get sick, you're going to be tired, you're going to burn out, and then you're going to want to leave. And that's another reason why a lot of teachers leave, because they don't have time or the skills to practice self-care and put it themselves first. So it's literally a cycle. And it's yep. It starts with you. Like I always say that it's you. No one else is gonna come to you and say, Hey, you know, you gotta do your self-care routine this morning. (laughs) Like, no. It's all like you really have to build this habit and just keep Mm -hmm. doing it. And I feel like especially in the first five years, like it's statistic, fifty percent of people quit within the first five years. Yep. I mean, I made it to seven, but you did. I mean, the first, it was hard, but <laughs> the first five years, teachers leave. And it's why is that? And most of the teachers that are leaving are mm-hmm. black. Yep. So, mm-hmm. and the ones who do stay is more so because they got used to it or like they found a way to get over the tiredness, but it's not like they found the way to make teaching easier. No, it doesn't get easier. So, if anything, right. So they just found a way for burnout to feel normalized. Mm-hmm. you've been tired for a decade no something gotta give and you gotta take care of yourself no and i think that this pandemic has made so and i'm, I'm happy to see it more but i'm also mm-hmm. concerned about what the effect is going to be mm-hmm. on a lot of people's mental health after you know things get back to some type of normalcy i guess like yeah when the kids go back in the classroom even kids like I had a conversation with one of our students because they're going back five days yeah. a week. 
And their response is Wait, like, they're going back five days a week right now in DOE. Yes, girl. Why you think I was like deuces? I'm happy. I five days I a week. It. Oh five, no! Right now they're just going twice a week. week. Yes, five, I think the class sizes are. I don't know how the class sizes are, but it's five wow. days a week in DOE. Yep. That's and crazy. Yes, and so I. You, left. you guys would have to go in every day. Mm-hmm. Oh no! So hybrid is done then. Well. Yeah, hybrid, they're getting rid of the hybrid model. And if you're fully remote, you're fully remote for the remainder of the year. However, um, depending on your class sizes, and that's Mm -hmm. nothing, it's not consistent in every school. Mm. Like, depending on your school class sizes, that determines if kids can come five days a week. It's Mm, stupid. So like, hey, your kid goes to this school, the class sizes are small, they can come five days a week. Oh no, sorry, your kids can't go. Yeah, that's true. So it's not consistent. Some kids are getting more learning than others. Yeah, that's very true. It's, that's very, yeah, very the true. data this year should just be thrown in the garbage. Like, start <laughs> over. Start over. Let's try again next year. That's what no. they should That's what they should No, I think so. And but. with the whole self-care, like, what when, What would you tell someone? Because, like, I think self-care, growth mindset, it goes hand in hand. Yes, yes. Right? So what do you tell? Like, I do my own things that help me get through stuff, and I always mm-hmm. talk about it. But it's hard for teachers, you know, when you're every day, it's something new, something new to still mm. have that, that mindset of like, I'm yeah. doing this because I love my job or I'm doing yeah. it because for the kids. I see teachers that love what they're doing bubbly. And now they're yes. just like, girl, Same. I'm just doing it to survive. So Same. what can we do? How can we have that growth mindset in a time like this? How? Girl, that's a very tough question because I'm trying to deal with that myself. Um, I was, I was, I wouldn't say I was the most bubbliest teacher because I was very tired my first year, but I was like, I'm doing this for my kids. It made a difference to see them every day to like yeah. really see the impact I'm doing with them in person. I feel like what's happening now, since we're mostly remote, you can't see the impact you're having on your kids anymore. Um, some kids don't show up, have their cameras off, not doing the work, not focusing. So like you're starting to feed off of your kids' energy because you're feeling like they're not focusing so that you're not going to focus. Yeah, or you just don't have the energy. Like, why am I putting all this effort sitting here That's playing all day and then you don't show up? It's hard. Yep, it's like it's a hard. slap in the face. You're putting yes. all this effort. All this effort. Yep. And reaching out parents, calling mm-hmm. your kids. Like, how are you chasing down kids in your house? Like, it's hard. Right. I think you're chasing it's hard. down in a school building. Right. Now you That's want me calling saying. kids. I had kids right. in other countries. Like they right. were just, so it's like, how do you want me to do that? Yeah, like, they, oh, I left my book in New York. Yep, they do that. They With do that. your whole published kid. piece. Yes, <laughs> I literally have a kid right now. He's in, he's in DR, and he literally left like his stuff at home, and it's like, yeah, and what do you do? And you, you have can't to do, do report cards. I had to do, you, you know, I had to do a report card start too. Yes, and I'm like, what am I? What am I? What grade are you putting? <laughs> what grade do I put it in? Like, I remember my, for this report card, I had to curve my grades. Parents, if you're listening, <laughs> with your admin. No, every, I, I think curve. all schools are doing that now. Yeah. Even DOE, they had, you cannot fail. No, no you can't fail. You can fail. No, so I always fail. tell my parents, like this, your child may be on this, maybe a two or a three, but let's right. be, like, I make sure I say it clear. Like if this was a regular school year, your child, because parents see that like, oh, and then yeah, then you have questions <laughs> later. What do you mean? That's a, yes. I don't know. But what do you mean, my child? I'm like, this is because of the pandemic. Due to the right. pandemic, we can't yes. fail children. Right. And they know up. that. And they know that because I feel like in the first few months, they were putting in more work. At least for my students, they were putting Oh, yeah. But now they're like, wait. Now? We I got an 80 fail? and I didn't oh. show up? Yep. I'm going to keep not showing up. And it's not yes. cool. Like, it's there's not- nothing I can do. So then from there, when you're like, dang, I have nothing I can do. And you're already tired on top of beating the pandemic. Of course, she's going to go in survival mode. Okay, yeah, you're like, all right, well, that's one less paper I need to grade. And, right. and, and then you beat yourself up for saying that. Yeah. But it's like, when do you need to stop? Not saying you need to stop caring because yes, we're educators and this is our job, but we never prepared for this. No. This was not, I did not go to college <laughs> to be sitting behind a computer screen and mm-hmm. trying to make connections with kids. Yeah. Yeah. And then act like everything is normal. And I think that's another thing that is really starting to, well, I think it's been bothering people for months. It's pretending that all of this is normal. Like, like, like we're in school. Like nothing happened, right? <laughs> like teaching, like nothing is happening. Like 
hearing that some kids have COVID or their parents had COVID or d- passed away like, from COVID. Yes. Yes, and just coming back into the classroom like nothing happened. Like it's so it's so much it's so much of a band-aid that's happening that's going on right now. Like we're just putting a band-aid over every situation that I think people are just starting to crack. And I think that's yep. what's happening. And like, you see all of the anger, all of yes. the emotions just boiling over. Yes. And even but, I feel like there's certain I don't know if your school's like that, because you said, mm-hmm. you know, your administration it, um, focuses on mental um, awareness, yeah, health. which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But there are schools where I, I'm sure there are schools where teachers are starting to go against each other. Like, well, she gets to be remote and she gets to. And yeah, no, I started to feel that where you thought, hey, we we're yes. supposed to be like a community, yes. and then now it's creating a divide amongst yes. schools. Because mm-hmm. like, oh well, you that only got me. twelve kids. Why I gotta have this group or yeah, and it becomes a why oh and favoritism and it's like yes, it is what it is. Like we're we're yeah. doing what we can, but it seems yes. like like you said, the survival's coming out to the point where it's like, I ain't your friend. We just right. did a job. We just work together. That's <laughs> oh my god. That's another. That's a whole topic. Like yes, you, you gotta come back. <laughs> like, oh my god, the cultness of teaching. That's a whole. That's a whole. Topic. What you might have to come back. And, yeah, and that's a whole topic. Girl. The cultness of teaching. The teaching culture. <laughs> oh my god. In, in every so school, real. and that's another thing. Like I know we're talking about self care, but I think it's also important to be aware of these things that too. Like I feel like when people see teachers. They think of like this one way of like, we're in this box. And mm-hmm. it's like teachers are dealing with the same thing that yes. you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And we also have to make sure your child is still meeting expectations because at the end of the day, that's what we get graded on. That's what yep. we get rated on. That's what we get observed on. While we're trying, in the middle of a pandemic, we're still expected to move kids that don't sign when in. I tell so you... I'm like, I'm like, what are you observing right now? Me talking to a screen? <laughs> yeah, it's for you. Girl, I think it's gonna be a mass. I, I, I've been saying this, and I don't want to say it and put it in the air, but it's gonna be a mass exodus out of the teaching profession. Oh yes, it's already started. Like my teaching friends, because cultness, real thing. <laughs> some of them are already plotting to get out, and it's like because I feel like this also. There's also been a band-aid on teaching. Yeah. And it's starting to show. And it's showing. Like, we're seeing the imperfections. It's like, dang, like, this country really does not care about us. Administration really does not care of us. Care about us. The education system is not where it should be. So it's like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? You could get paid so much more money doing something else. It's like, why am With I... With less stress. Less stress. Less stress. Yeah. You, my biggest thing, like... But teacher, you don't just go in and then you just go home and your work is done. You're literally working 24 hours. And people don't get that. Right. You can have the best high management. Yep. Things are going to come up. Things are going to come up. Don't have a kid. <laughs> don't have a husband. Don't have a boyfriend. Right. Like, right. Don't want to cook. Don't yeah. have hobbies. And like, we're not trying to scare you. Like, especially. No, no, no. Of course not. This is all about self-care. <laughs> right. But you also need time to see reality for what it is. Yeah. It's not pretty all the time. But you, I always come back to like my why. Like, mm-hmm. what was my reason for doing this? Because if you don't have a reason why, when you when it comes to teaching, that's why you gotta go. 50% of teachers leave because they don't yep. go in with that why. If your why is, oh, I get summers off. My if your why is I get the weekends off. <laughs> summer's weird. Summers is like, yes, you get like a cute little few weeks off. Do some PDs or something. Yeah, you work for those weeks. Let me tell you. Uh, Let me tell you. No, the weekends you think you have off, boop. You're for the next sorry. week. <laughs> no, but there is a way, like yeah, there's a way. Let's seven, stop. You know, yes. it's hard. Anybody who's a teacher, like, yeah, we bash it. We get upset about it, but we love what we do. We're still like, here. We're still <laughs> here, right? But with we're all that here. being said, it's like, you need to just make sure that your mindset is is on point, right? Mm-hmm. Jada, you already said, like, when you wake up, you go slow. Yes. There's nothing worse than feeling like you're rushed. You got your anxiety high. I think one time you said it, you was like, whoa, I need to stop. I need to breathe. Right. And you posted yes. these breathing exercises. And I was yes. like, I was sitting there, I was like, yes, girl, I needed that. Because I'm sitting yes. there like walking, but it's little things like that. Like, okay, 
wait a minute, I'm not feeling right. I need to stop mm-hmm. and I need to take a minute for myself. And it could be a minute. It could be two minutes. You could be in the classroom and say, you know what? Let me close my door, shut the right. lights and put your, you know, musical and just take a minute. Yes. Yes. If you especially have a couch, take a nap. I, I tell people all the time, take a nap. You get it. a beanbag in my classroom. I used to sit on that beanbag right. and be like, okay, close the door, turn off the lights. And like, it's just, yes, I'm, I need a break. I need a minute. And they understand. Yeah. Like, the thing is, like, I feel like sometimes we forget how smart kids can be. Like, they're not going to be mad at you if you close the door they and say, second. They understand. Trust me. They completely understand. They're just like, Miss Pri, you need some time? Or right, I'm going to come back later. You need a hug. Like, and that's the thing that I love with teaching too. Like, kids are very in tune to you. Mm-hmm. off especially if the kids love you they'll offer you like a hug offer you food and things like that but you still need to take care of yourself yes the kids don't get on your nerves i'm not gonna act like they're all nice some of them are gonna push your button what and those are the ones you love the most <laughs> right <laughs> right it is because at the end of the day they're like i loved you the most i'm like yeah oh. but <laughs> close the door blind down i mean maybe not the blinds i was a little yeah. <laughs> they're like what's going on in there <laughs> That's a little much. That's a little much. But turn off the light if you can, and just take just take a little nap. Um, set a timer. And now I don't want to say like every day you're gonna get this break because no, there'll be days when you're like, what? What break? Let me, so let's let's bring truth to this because sometimes teachers are out and you gotta cover. Sometimes kids act up and you gotta watch. You know, you gotta step in. Kids get sick. Teachers get sick. Like, there's a lot of different moving parts with teaching. Yeah, you have to be very flexible, which I do. Yeah. I I definitely feel like that's one trait that you need to have as a teacher. And you can't take things personally. That's another thing. My mentor taught me that early. Like, I used to take everything personally. Like, if Mm an AP said something to me or if a teacher said something to me or a parent, it's like Mm -hmm. everyone has their own stuff they're going through. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's a projection of them. Don't ever take it on you. Now, if you take it personal, now you're taking that and now it's going to mess with your self-care, you yep. know, your self-love because now you're right. thinking about what they said, right? right. So the mm-hmm. moment you say, you know what, that's a that's a them problem. It's not a me problem. And then just go about your day. That also helps because it does. A lot, if you start to take so everything personal when your AP comes walking in, you're like, oh my God. Just like, hey, maybe she wanted to just come in and see the kids. Don't assume right. that she's there it's to, a negative. to do something. And that's what a lot of teachers do automatically they see the ap they see the principal somebody walking in they're already on guard yeah be relaxed and that's one thing that i've learned and i i just have to stop doing that yeah you just gotta be chill like have fun have fun with it too like they do coming in and of course like every opportunity is someone like observing you i know you like let them observe you you know that's another thing like like you were saying before, like tying to self-care and to self-love. Because sometimes they'll come in, kids will act up, but like just do what you would do if they weren't in the room. Like yep. you have to switch up because that's another stress that you're adding on yourself now. Like you just feel like you have to switch up what you're doing because someone's in the room. No, if you're content with yourself, you feel good about yourself that day, just keep on doing what you're doing. Trust me. That might be the best advice. Like, because a lot right. of people, once they see a principal or AP come in, they automatically like switch. And yeah. they're like, oh, and it's like, they're the guests in your room. You right. know, then that's one thing my prince, my um, my mentor would always say, like, they're the guests in your room, right? right? So do it accordingly, you know? Don't change how you would talk. Don't do, do exactly what you would do as if they weren't there. Because mm-hmm. the moment you see them in there, and then you're like, oh, now that's my boss. It just shifts the the control and puts it in their court. It's like, no, mm-hmm. this is my room, okay. And right. do what you do. What you gotta do. And then plus, if you change up, the kids gonna know you change it up. And then now they're like, yeah, they're like, what? No, but I always had a trick. I always, and I always just say, this is my trick. I'm like, the principal's coming in today to see who's ready for whatever grade or. (laughs) It always works. It always works. They get like. (laughs) Yeah, I start, I was like, nah, I have to find something. I'm like, she's coming to see who's ready for the next grade. Oh, and act were, right. Yes, and she's looking to see, and then they will all answer the questions, right? So it's like you always gotta think about, like, yeah, don't put take yeah. it out of you and just say, hey, someone might come in to see what you're doing, right? And then sometimes, like, another way of self care, like in the classroom, is play a movie, like <laughs> play a movie, but play like tie it in what I do. I tie it into my lesson, so yeah. I'm not play like 
we're not gonna be talking about science and then I put on the proud family now. Like, yeah, no, no, no. It has to have a Don't do that. It has yeah. to be yeah. like next year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Watch experiments. Well, I'm talking from a science. Oh yes, your science. Yeah. Experiments, yeah. Um, what else? Bill Nine. The magic school bus. I have fifth graders. Oh so yeah, magic school bus is the best. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> And then just be like, at the end, I'm going to ask you a few questions about it, so make sure you're really paying attention, just in case anyone's walking by. But that's another way of self-care in the classroom. Sometimes put on a movie. Yep. <laughs> but there's a lot of things that I did in my school, too. We would do quiet time. So, like, mm-hmm. when the kids would come in right after lunch, um, you just turn off the lights, have some, like, music on, Ooh. and have mandalas that they can color. Like, anything that's quiet. And it's 10 minutes, no talking, go to your Oh, seat. nice. Yeah, and honestly, it was good because they're coming right from recess. Mm-hmm. And it's like they have all that energy. It's good for you and them. It's like, okay, I need a minute. Oh, that's nice. Because, you know, right after lunch, you got to prep for the next lesson. But he's like, hey, this oh. is my lunch. Yeah. <laughs> no, I used last yeah. year I had class after recess. That was the roughest class. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I knew up. after recess, like, see, for you, you can always say, you mm-hmm. know what, we're going to have, like, a five-minute cool down. Especially yeah. for kids, like, think about it. You come in, you're outside all day, and you're getting ready to learn. Yeah, you need, nah. you need a little break in between. So definitely having that quiet time. Sometimes I did, like, a quiet time notebook. That's There's nice. Different ways to incorporate um, self-care, even for your students, too. Right. during this time. They need it. They need all it. Of us they do. sure do need it. We all need it. We all just need to come together and be like, self-care day, because it's a lot. It and, should be a national holiday. Right. And just simply acknowledging what's going on. Yeah. So I don't do that enough anymore. I'd be like, I know pandemic is still happening. I know that you guys are still home. I know it could still be rough. People are still getting COVID. People. Yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. They think right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know what we so, about <laughs> so I'm like, listen, just acknowledging like they're people. Like, I understand we're going through the same thing. That's a that's a part of self-care too. Like just really humbling yourself and being like, we're all going through this together. Let's take a breather, breathe in exercises, and yes. let's to learning because at the end of the day, I still, we still got to get the data. Um, I know, I know. <laughs> so like to wrap up the Black Educated segment, thank you, Jada, for coming. But I want to say, what are your three top self-care routines? Doesn't have mm-hmm. to be related to teaching, just in general, like three things mm-hmm. that you do every single day. Okay. So every three. day I journal mm-hmm. I, in the morning. Um, I journal right before I like turn on my laptop for my kids to come on. And then I journal at night. So I journal twice a day. I meditate at night because I try to meditate in the morning, but I know (laughs) I I don't have a real reason. I just don't. Yeah. Everyone has their own thing. (laughs) Right. So I meditate at night for just 10 minutes, turn off the lights, lay down. I meditate laying down as well. I don't meditate um, sitting up. So journal, meditation, and I dance. I dance every day. Yeah, um, does it, I'm not saying like I have a whole routine. Oh, now I got choreography. <laughs> no, 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 I just dance. Like I play like my favorite song for the day and I just get up and I just move. Like just to make sure I have some movement because yeah, that's good. Well, I'll be sitting all day. Like I'm literally at my desk all day. So journaling, meditation, and dancing are my top three self-care. Yeah, and I think all three of those help with your mind, yes. body, and soul. And no, it soul. really does, right? Because journaling... <laughs> get that those thoughts out yeah you know meditation your soul and body and then just the last one well correct me what was the last one dance oh dancing. dance that's the most important right just <laughs> what, the, what what's your favorite um genre my favorite genre depends okay so for dancing <laughs> um <laughs> yeah cool you gotta have favorite i like like reggae. dance all yeah. <laughs> you know you're from new york <laughs> You that, know you from your oh, like, I need some reggae. <laughs> That's what I dance to. What I'm reggae. Oh, that makes me miss like pre-pandemic New York, but that's a whole topic. Hope, I know. We <laughs> you should come back and say like just talk because honestly, I feel like people think in New York it was more it was worse than what it was. No, nah, this summer was actually I'm gonna say it was great. I don't want to diminish what's going on. No, nah, it wasn't the best, but it, it wasn't the best, but it was pretty good. I think the media just made it worse. Like New York on extreme lockdown. It's like Facts. we were still there, people are leaving. We're There's still a outside. ghost town. I'm like, we're still here. We're still here. It's just the people who aren't from here that left and it yes. New York feel like New York again. So I can actually mistrap it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but thank we you just, so much. Of course. <laughs>
All right. And I hope. Oh, do you want to let people know about your Instagram so they can find you on your Instagram? Yes. So my Instagram, like I said earlier, might be changing, but for right now, it's the Brown Fro Poet. On there, I focus a lot more on, I used to focus more on poetry, but I focus more on like self-care, growth mindset, so you could prioritize yourself first. And there might be a little sprinkle of poetry in there, but it's mostly self-care and putting yourself first. So definitely find me on there. That's my name for now. But if anything changes, I'll be back and I'll keep you guys updated on my new name. Yes, no, definitely. If you're a person that is just trying to, you know, change that mindset, definitely go follow Jada on Instagram. So thank you for coming. Thank you. Of course. So you might hear Logan, my son, in the background playing Among Us. So I apologize in advance. He's only five, so he's still learning how to manage his impulsivity. And since I am an educator, I allow my son to be a part of my journey because I want him to know that he can do a lot and he's capable of overcoming any obstacle that may come in his way. And I start this segment with talking about, you know, my son Logan because his name is Logan Anthony. And those of you who may be new here, hello, welcome to the Chronicles of an Introverted Black Woman, where I like to share with you my mishaps and my lessons because that's what mistakes are. You know, they are lessons. And that's one thing I learned from my grandfather. He was, you know, a strong Black man from Brooklyn and back in like the 60s, right? So from Brooklyn and you know later on he moved to the Bronx and my listeners from New York already know that the Bronx anytime before the late 2000s I feel was not a place for a young black men to thrive but my grandfather did you know he served in the Marines during you know the Vietnam War and I always had him as a role model I always had him to look up to and he was always in my corner growing up but the things about my grandfather is that he never tried to create a life for me or tell me which direction to go but he always made sure that he supported me you know that's the most important thing to have that support system regardless of the decisions you may make wrong or right and he was that type of person where he he didn't really judge you he just told you how it was and that's one thing I really do miss about him but I'm saying all of this because he if he was here today he would be happy you know I always think about that like if my grandfather was here in this moment would he be happy with me and I think he would he would be really happy and you know as long as I wasn't out showing my ass he would be happy you know and that's he is my who and he's my motivation for doing what I do each and every day because I know my grandfather would have supported me on this decision to put myself first and not let anyone walk all over me regardless of who that person may be so thank you Papa Brown that's what I call him or that's what people would call him you know we all in the black community we always have nicknames for people and his nickname for me growing up which I used to say like when I got older like oh my god you can't say that name anymore he used to call me Punkanella and then we shortened it to Punky but you know growing up having Papa Brown around that was a good feeling so thank you for that grandpa and today is March 25th and you know during this time you know it's called March Madness because basketball but that's one thing that my grandfather loved he loved watching March Madness that was his thing and I believe the last game we watched together was in 2012 because he passed in 2013 the month of March which is crazy because his birthday's in March he passed away in March and he loved March Madness so I feel like March was his month you know like that was his favorite time so I always try to make March special you know March is a month that I really enjoy because of my grandpa because on Sundays it was always about March Madness and he always always loved it um and I remember the last game we watched together it was Kentucky versus um 
Kansas City. It was 2012, and he was going for Kentucky, right? He loved Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis played for Kentucky, and it was 2012. And right after that, I believe he went to the NBA, and he was kind of mad about that. He was like, no, we should continue to play. But I say all of this because March is really a month that my grandfather loves. Like, it was a month that he really enjoyed because it was his birthday month, and he gets to watch, you know, college basketball, which he really enjoyed over NBA because he felt, you know, college basketball they had heart he said you know like they were eager for the game of basketball because like once you get to the NBA you get all flashy and stuff like that but um I want to read something that I wrote for my grandfather it was a time back in college when I was getting my master's at Hunter I was enrolled you know those of you who are new I am a literacy consultant so I got my master's in literacy education And during that time, I had to take a writing course. And this writing course, which, you know, I love to write for like enjoyment in my journal, but to write um, for college, it was like, you know, you got to do all this work. But when we got to this class, it was like, I want you guys to write a personal narrative. And I was like, wow, personal narrative. That sounds fun. Because she really wanted us to pretend like we were the students and put ourselves in the students roles when we were writing okay so during this class she was like okay you got to do a personal narrative and I was like okay I don't have no idea what to pick and she was like okay well you know those of you who are teachers is like well do a heart map and I really sat there and I did a heart map and the one thing that kept coming up was my grandfather So I decided to write a personal narrative for him. And this was in 2015. So this was like two years after he had passed. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. And I never really, I don't think I shared it with anyone, but I want to share it now. So this is for my grandfather. The title of it is called March Madness because, you know, you'll get why it's called March Madness after I'm done reading it. I don't want to give it away. Because as writers, we want the reader to make their own interpretation. So here we go. It goes like this. All right, so I'm going to read March Madness. And I'm excited because this is a personal narrative that I had to write for this class. It was at Hunter College and it was a writing course. And she wanted us to put ourselves in our students' shoes. So I'm going to read it to you guys. In my best possible voice, as you know, it's hard because, you know, as I'm reading this, I might get a little bit emotional because this is, you know, personal narrative about, you know, how I felt in a moment when I lost my grandfather. Okay. Here we go. Your grandfather only has about a month left to live, but I give it about a week. The words trembled from my mother's lips as her eyes began to overflow with tears. My heart begins to race faster and faster as if I just tried to finish running a 400 meter sprint. Frozen as if my body wanted me to shut down until my mind is taken over, taken over by the thoughts of losing the one person that mattered most, my grandfather. My grandfather is a fighter. He can't give up now. He is a United States Marine Corps veteran. He has been battling cancer for 11 years and he hasn't taken him yet, so it won't take him now, right? There is so much for my grandfather to see in this world. 67 years on this earth is far too short. I haven't graduated college yet. He has to be there to watch me walk across the stage. He has to be there when I get my first teaching job so I can call him with the news. Who will text me the scores during March Madness? Who will pick me up from the ferry when it's too late for me to take the bus home? Was it selfish for someone to think of only herself in that very moment? These are the thoughts that are racing through my mind as my mom speaks these painful words. Words that still fill my heart with a sharp pain. Words that can never be erased from my memory. Let me take it back. 
Back before cancer had taken control over my grandfather's body. There was a time, a time when my grandfather was there for me, when I needed him most. It was my first year of high school. New school, new. I was so nervous. And he told me, don't worry, be happy. Never worry about things that can't change. Just be happy with today and worry about tomorrow when it gets here. I remember those words because I remember being worried, um, worried about something that today seems so minuscule, you know, going to high school. Eight years pass and the feelings of losing my grandfather are still fresh. Feelings of emptiness. March was a month that my grandfather cherished. He cherished March not only because it was his birthday, but also because it was the best time to watch college basketball. After March 25th, 2013, March became March Madness for so many other reasons. That was the day he had left me. He had left me behind and has gone onto a place that I one day hope to go. When I will see him standing there with his arms wide open, to my grandfather, I was the best. His favorite, his shining star. Okay, maybe I added a few things, but I know for sure that he loved me and I loved him just the same. That's what he told me and that's what I knew for sure. He never saw me as anything less than great. He believed in me even when I didn't believe in myself. Don't worry, be happy. That's what he always would say. And that's the words that I live by. Never worry about things that can't change. Just be happy with today and worry about tomorrow when it gets here. So whenever I close my eyes, I can hear the melody of my girl by the Temptations playing. I've got sunshine on a cloudy day. I know I can't sing. When it's cold outside, I've got the month of May. And I could see my grandfather dancing and smiling the way it used to be. The end. And that was my personal narrative um, written by me when I was in college in 2000. And I believe it was 2015. Yep, two years after my grandfather passed. So Papa Brown, that was for you. And... I hope that my Papa Brown, my grandfather, you know, his words of, you know, don't worry, be happy. Of course, it's from a song, but it was one of my favorite songs by Bob Marley. You know, don't worry. You know, my grandfather loved that. But those words run deep, you know, don't worry, be happy. That's what he always would say. And that's the word that I continue to live by and. And when I make these decisions to go out and do things for me, it's because I come from something so great. And I know if he was here today, he would support any decision that I make. So thank you for listening to this segment dedicated to Papa Brown and March Madness. See you later.